Amen. Well, let me just wish you a, a happy new year. Glad that you are here with us today, and I hope it's been a blessing to you already. I've got just a little bit of a uh, touch of laryngitis, and um, I committed to myself today that I'm not going to sing while you guys sing, but man, when you all just sing out like that, and they sing and play, and boy, I just get sucked right in. I can't keep from singing, so I don't have much left, but I'm going to give you all I got. I'll tell you that. Uh, listen, uh, today might be a little bit different than most of the sermons that you hear around here. Uh, I know you're looking at your notes and you're thinking, oh, this could be either really, really good or really, really bad, because uh, there's no blanks to fill in. I just want to give you a, a kind of a note sheet so that you can take notes about what we talk about today. Uh, some of them you might find really pertinent, some of you might not. And so I just kind of want to give you some freedom to take your own notes today and uh, think about well, what we're going to talk about. I don't do this every year, but probably at least every other year. I like to take the first Sunday of the year and not necessarily pull out a, a piece of scripture and, and just uh, preach it, but to talk about really why we're here, folks, because I think it's really important for us to keep focused. I'll talk about that more as we go today, but uh, if we get off focus, things just kind of collapse. And so today I want to share with you a little bit about kind of the state of the church, where we've been, uh, where we're going, what's happening, um, and just keep us focused on the prize at hand. And first thing I want to make mention to you is this, folks. We, we've got to understand that lostness is the problem. I know that some of you in this church might be thinking at times or praying at times, maybe God's calling me to be a missionary. Maybe I should answer the call to be a missionary. Well, here's the answer. Uh, yes, God is calling you to be a missionary. You might even not have to move. You might not have to change jobs. You might not have to do really anything different in your daily walk except be that missionary to the world around you because I want to show you some statistics. I don't want to bore you with statistics. Okay, losses is a problem. Now, this is a map that you can find on the Missouri Baptist Convention website, and I want you to really pay attention to it because what this shows is the amount of, in a sense, lostness in each one of these counties. Now, they uh, interviewed thousands of people, and they asked them three questions. The three questions were this. One, do you believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God? Two, do you believe that salvation by faith in Jesus Christ to forgive your sins is the only way to salvation? And three, do you think it's important to share that with other people? Those are the only three questions. And if a person answered no to any of those three, they considered them lost. Now, perhaps they're just uninformed, but, but they have to figure this out some way, and we can't read people's hearts, okay? So, so that was the way they used this. But I want you to see that Platte County is in bright orange. It's one of only six counties that have that high of a percentage. And by, by per capita, Platte County is the most lost county in the entire state of Missouri. 88.2% of the people are lost, and that's the highest. You want to be a missionary? Walk outside these doors. There's a mission field right there, folks. You don't have to go anywhere. Now, if God's calling you to go halfway around the world, go by all means. But if you feel called to be a missionary, you don't have to leave. You can be a missionary right here. Clay County has, I think, number six or seven, five or six or seven, somewhere in there, but they're 74.8% lost. That means that there's approximately 275,000 lost people in Clay and Platte counties. Now, those are just numbers, but I want to give you an exercise to do, maybe when it gets a little warmer, uh, to get this into your head and into, into your heart. 
I want you to sit at Zona Rosa. I want you to find a place on a bench somewhere in Zona Rosa. And I want you to watch the people walk by you. And I want you to think to yourself, okay, that person might be saved. That person might know Jesus. But that one doesn't. 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 Oh, that one might. But that one doesn't. That was, I, I, folks, if you'll do this, and you see the faces of these people who are living their lives without God as a part of their life, without Jesus transforming their life, and if they die, they spend an eternity separated from him. we got to really believe that, folks. we got to really get that in our heads. Good people don't go to heaven. Only people who've given their lives to Jesus go to heaven. Hell is going to be full of good people. People that we like. Not just the people we don't like. Okay? I want to, we got, we got to figure out this, folks. We got, to, we got to really get it in our heads and in our hearts that lostness is a problem. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Because this, these two counties are full of lost people. And by the way, if every single seat in every Bible-believing church in these two counties was filled every Sunday there still wouldn't be enough seats for all of them. We're losing. We're losing this battle here in Clay and Platte Counties, folks. And God's put us in a mission field. That's, and listen, if you, <laughs> I love you all very dearly, but if you are one of those folks that says, well, I, I really just want our church to stay small because I like knowing everybody and I like, I like being together with everybody and I like having a relationship with everybody. I don't like being surrounded by all these people I don't know. Folks, you, you want to be part of a, a support group. You don't want to be a part of a church. So go find yourself a really sweet, loving support group and be there with them and just all hold hands and sing kumbaya together. But that's not what the church is for. Okay? That's not what the church is for. So we got to remember that lostness is the problem, and it's the problem right here, not on the other side of the world. Well, it is the other side of the world, but not just there. It's here also. We also have to remember that God has given us a mission. Now, some of you will say, well, wasn't this the mission last time we talked about this? And wasn't this the mission five years ago? And wasn't this the mission ten years ago? Yeah. That's because the mission doesn't change. Uh, Jesus hasn't changed the mission on us. And we find the mission in two passages of Scripture. First in Mark chapter 12, where Jesus says this. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We also look at Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we get uh, our mission from those two passages, and our mission is very simple. And by the way, if you've been a member of this church longer than three weeks, you should be able to tell us what the mission is. It's really simple. It's love God, love others, and make disciples. By the way, that's all we do here. That's all we do. We don't do anything else. We love God, we love others, and we make disciples. And if you say, well, what do you mean that's all we do? You know, don't we do a lot of other things? Well, yeah, we, we sing. But that's connected to, to loving God. We're expressing our love for God when we sing. Sometimes we're expressing our love for one another, being a part of the kingdom together. 
We're discipling people as they come and they hear these words about how much we love God. They think maybe they should love God too. But, but we don't do a lot of other things here. If you come and you say, Pastor, I want to start a macrame class. And we just, I guess a bunch of people get together and do macrame together. And the answer would probably be, um, no, we don't do that here. Now listen, invite a bunch of people to your house and have a macrame club. Knock yourself out. You don't have to have the church be a part of that. I give this example sometimes in the uh, New Member Connect class. If, if, if 11 or 12 guys came to me and, and, and 11, 12 guys that are involved in our church, and they said, hey, we all love softball. We just want to play softball together. Will the church sponsor a team? The answer is no, we won't. We aren't going to sponsor you to go and play with a bunch of other Christians and just play softball. Now, if you want to be in a city league and go play there and be light and salt to those guys, Go. But if five guys came to us and said, hey, each one of us has a guy that we work with that loves softball. We want to put a team together. And, and during our, and I always want to say rehearsals because I'm a music guy, uh, practices, uh, when we have our practice, we're going to share our testimony. And at the end of the season, we want to have a barbecue and share the gospel with these guys and maybe uh, lead them to Jesus. W- wow, where do I sign up? Where do we sign? See, it's a totally different thing. It's not a matter that softball is good or bad. It's a matter of are we connected to the mission or are we not? And everything we do should be connected to the mission. Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's all we do here. God has given that mission. And God help us if we ever stray away from that mission. By the way, no church, no pastor, no group of leaders ever woke up one day and said, Hey, we've been leading this church for God, but let's all turn to Satan worshipers. Okay, that'll be fun. Let's do that. Nobody ever does that. Satan's smarter than that. And so what he does is he gets a church that's, that's on the right track to start uh, doing other things besides the mission. He gets them all spread out to where the mission really is only a 10 or 20% of what they do anymore, and, and sometimes it becomes nothing. And nobody even knows what the mission is anymore. Folks, we have got to stay focused like a laser beam on what our mission is. Our mission is to love God with all of our hearts, our minds, our soul, and strength. It's to love other people, and it's to make disciples as Jesus has commanded now, let's look back at 2016 and see how we did. Well, first of all, I want to give you some good news. Uh, this chart is our attendance in 2014, 15, and 16. The blue line is 2014, the green line is 2015, and the red line is 2016. And you'll see that at the beginning of 2014, we were averaging around 100, 120 people uh, in average attendance. This is, a, by the way, this is a five-week average. Uh, but here at the end of 2016, we've been averaging around 225 people. Our church has basically doubled in two years, which is very exciting. Okay, very exciting. And the exciting part is that uh, those aren't just warm bodies, uh, but they are people. And, and sometimes people come to me and say, Michael, you know, your problem is you're just focused on numbers. Yeah. I'm focused on 250,000 lost people in Clay and Platt counties. You bet I'm focused on numbers. Because there's an eternal soul attached to every one of those numbers. We better be focused on numbers, not for numbers' sake. Listen, I don't, I don't get some big thrill out of going to some pastor conference and going, oh, we're 225 instead of one. I, mean, I don't do that kind of stuff. That's goofy, all right? But, but there are people that are here today that know Jesus that didn't know him two years ago. There are people here that have been discipled and grown in their faith that came here as babies two years ago, didn't know how to follow him. Man, I'm, I'm real interested in those numbers. By the way, this year, we've had 48 new adult members join our church. 
and many of those have children. That's 48 new adult members. Now here's, I want you to take these two numbers into account here, eight baptisms. Uh, I'm excited about eight baptisms, but not that excited. Okay? Listen, I'm excited that, that, that uh, 40 new Christians decided to come and row the boat with us. I'm excited about that because that, that increases our capacity to disciple others. But folks, if we say, you know what, eight people's pretty good. I know some of the other Baptist churches in Clay and Platt Counties, and they didn't baptize eight. We're doing pretty good. If we get content with that number, we're, we're off the mission. We've lost our focus. I didn't even fathom to think. I didn't even want to do the math or probably could do the math. If there's 275,000 lost people in Clay and Platt Counties, and we baptize eight a year, if we lead eight of them to Jesus every year, how many years will it take us? Well, the reality is, folks, people are moving into Clay and Platt Counties more than 80 a year. We're losing the battle if that's all we win to Jesus. So I'm excited about those eight. And by the way, if you're one of those eight, I am so thrilled that God got a hold of your heart. So thrilled. But folks, we got to do better. we got to do better than that. And every one of you needs to be involved in that. Every one of you knows somebody or can meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And this is not something, and I know, you know, I, I, those of you who know me know that I have a, a gift for evangelism. It's in my heart, it's in my gut, it's, in, it's a fire in my belly. But we cannot continue to be a church where you bring your lost friends to Fellowship of Grace so the pastor can lead them to Jesus. We can't do that. You have to be doing it. I will mentor you. I will, there's, a, there's a half a dozen people in our church that will mentor you, help you, lead you, model for you. But you guys have got to be doing it. Every person should lead somebody to Jesus this year. That's the way you double a church, the godly way, okay? Uh, by the way, I'm excited about the fact that consistently over 80% of our congregation, of our members, are involved in serving teams or community groups. That's where discipleship really takes place. Listen, I'm under no weird thought pattern that you all come on Sunday mornings and you get discipled by me in a half hour. I, I mean, this is, a, this is a time where you should get pumped up. You should make decisions to follow Jesus. You should be challenged to follow Jesus, all those things. But you can't, you know, I, I preach a half an hour or so a day, a service. That means you get 26 hours of teaching, preaching from this pulpit here. That's not enough to disciple you. You get discipled one-on-one, 10-on-one, 12-on-one, 12-on-two. You guys get discipled in community groups. Small groups, core groups, all the groups we have, the main purpose of those is to disciple you, to help you not only know how uh, to love Jesus and love others, but how to practice it, how to apply it, how to make it part of your life. And that happens in those groups. So that's why we have to keep that number high. Uh, In 2016, uh, we have to talk about money a little bit, folks, because the Bible is very clear that there is a connection between a person's generosity and their spiritual life, and there is a connection between a church's generosity and the health of that church. In 2016, we had a budget of $265,000, and we've received $276,000 and some change. Now you go, well, we just barely made it by $11,000. Well, it's not quite that way. I want you to understand how our budget works. Uh, before the year starts, the elders and the officers of the church get together and we go, if God shows up and grows our church and big things happen and cool stuff is going on like it's been happening the last few years, 
what could God do this year? And we picked that number out, and we, can, we have a consensus around it. And that number was 265,000. And I can tell you in that group, a few of us were even going, whew, that's going to be a stretch. But God can do it. And, and he's done it. This year we've given over $10,000 in the Christmas offering. The Christmas offering that we've just been taking for the last three or four weeks, we've received over $10,000. And that money is going, 100% of that is going to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home and to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, to support foreign missionaries all around the world. That is, for a church our size, that is exceptional, folks. You've done a great job. You've been very generous. We've given over $27,000 to missions this year. And we've given over $10,000 to the Parkville Women's Clinic this year. Now, some of that comes from our budget that we, we, we share some with them. Uh, 3000 of that comes from our budget. The rest of it has come from some of you who have a heart for that ministry. It also came from the Textathon. We raised $4,000 by having a goofy variety show night and having everybody come here and text their friends while they were here uh, and say, hey, I'm in a text-a-thon. Can I ask you to donate to Parkville Women's Clinic? Go on their website and donate now. We raised over $4,000 for that. Some of you guys, just as an excuse to not shave in November, raised almost $1,500 for the ba- you know, Beards for Babies thing where you just didn't shave in November and collected money. But folks, those are, those are cool things because that means people are getting uh, the mission. They're on mission. They're doing things creatively uh, to be generous and find ways to be generous uh, to missions that we support. We're also expanding our leadership. Uh, listen, a church has to expand their leadership as they grow or they will stop growing. Um, there's a reason why every successful military group in history uh, always, uh, you know, they can't have more than one man lead 100 people. There's a very important reason that there is a centurion. Because when a person tries to lead more than 100, it becomes impossible to lead them. And so as our church grows, and by the way, if you find a church where the pastor refuses to share any of the leadership, you'll see that that church hovers around 95 to 105 and will for the rest of its life, most of the time. So we have to share that leadership, and so I want to just reintroduce you to the leaders here at Fellowship of Grace, uh, let you uh, know who they are and kind of why we have them as leaders, what what the important uh, duties that they fulfill. Uh, I'm the lead pastor, uh, Pastor Derek uh, right down here is the family and discipleship pastor, Pastor Kendall right over there is the evangelism pastor. We are the three pastors of the church, and we have several directors that lead large ministries. Uh, Dave and Jennifer Ross are the directors of First Impressions. They're in charge of everything that a person experiences their first time at Fellowship of Grace up until the point where the service begins. John Citro is the director of security. If you say, wow, I didn't even know we had a security team, that means they're doing their job uh, really well uh, because they, they don't make a big thing about it, but they watch our service, they watch the kids. Um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of remodeling to make sure that we have one entrance and exit point for the kids' ministries so that they can watch it pretty easily. Uh, when there's bad weather, they watch that kind of stuff, and they just take good care of us. Joseph and Emily Howard, the directors of ministry involvement. When a person becomes a member at Fellowship of Grace, uh, Joseph and Emily's job is to connect them to some kind of ministry, get them involved in ministry as quickly as possible. Uh, Tracy Hale is the director of finance. She is in charge of keeping track of all the money and reporting that to us and and helping us make uh, strategic decisions financially. Jessica Martin is the director of marketing. She's uh, helping us do all of our marketing, including online, uh, the banners you see, all you know, signage, all that kind of stuff. 
Rob Christian is the director of our youth ministry. Mike Ellis is the director of prayer. Uh, by the way, when we say up here on Sunday mornings, uh, if you put it on a prayer request, we have a team of people that pray for that. We have a team of people that pray for that. Mike puts those requests uh, into the city where that team sees those requ- requests and prays for them uh, during the week. Uh, John and Dee Wyman are the directors of missions and are organizing now. They've got a great team of people around them now and are, are directing all of our mission endeavors. John and Rhonda Citro are the directors of community care. They're in charge of making sure that everybody's cared for. Uh, when somebody's sick, comes home from the hospital, make sure that they have meals. And when there's a death in our church's family, they take care of them. Uh, uh, all those kind of things. Uh, they just keep us uh, in that loop for everybody. Jason and Mariah Johnson are the directors of member generosity. And uh, uh, some of you may go, what is that? Uh, they, they are here to help you uh, learn to manage your money instead of your, mani- your money managing you. And so they are here to help you budget, to help you learn how to handle your money, and to learn and grow to be a more generous person. And then James Fottenberry is the director of Upward Sports. That's our largest evangelism ministry where we're trying to use uh, basketball and, and uh, uh, cheerleading to connect with the community, to, to meet some of these 275,000 people and get them connected to our church and, more importantly, connected to Jesus. So there is a lot of stuff that's gone on in 2016. How did we do? I think we did pretty well. God really blessed us. He's really blessed us this year. We've grown significantly. We've seen people uh, receive Christ as their Savior. We've seen them get baptized. We've seen people get discipled. We've seen people get into community groups and into serving teams. We've seen people take on leadership uh, in virtually every uh, area that you can kind of grade a church. uh, We've done really well. God has really blessed us. So how do we ride that wave? What are our plans to increase God's kingdom in 2017. Well, first, I want us to remember how it is that we grow. We grow th- three ways. In the book of Acts, if you remember when we went through the entire book of Acts, there are three growth reports. One is that when the church grows numerically, that was reported. 5,000 people came to know Jesus in one day. 3,000 came to know Jesus in one day. They were focused on numerical growth. The Bible also talks about them growing spiritually, the Word of God growing and how when the word of God grows in our hearts, we become more solid. We become a better follower of Jesus. We become a better reflection of who he is to the world. Uh, when we share the gospel with others, that is the, the spiritual growth happening. And then, of course, growing geographically. How do we grow uh, from this one spot? Uh, you know, we can't get 275 lost people in here. If for some way this great revival broke out and they all showed up here, uh, we wouldn't know what to do. Okay, so we can't just, can't just bring him to Fellowship of Grace. And so we've got to grow geographically, and not just in this city, not just in this county, but around the world. And so we've got some ideas to do that. We want to share some of those with you because we want you to be on board with us in 2017. Uh, we've got some uh, wildly, what we call wildly important goals. Now, they're wildly important because they support uh, what the church should be doing, and they're measurable, They're easy to measure, they're easy to watch for, uh, they're easy to see if we are doing well or not doing well. Uh, When you just say, hey, we just want to be, we just want to be more loving this year. How do you measure that? How do you know if you're really doing it or not? You really can. I mean, you take a serve, I mean, there's just no way to do that. So here are three ways. I I don't want you to get caught up in in that we're, we're, we're so focused on these things, but these things help us keep focused on the mission, if that makes sense. 
Okay, here they are. The wildly important goals, the three wigs, and we're going to talk about them all year. We want to grow to 300 attendance average by the end of 2017. We want to grow to 50% return guests. Now, we get a lot of guests. And by the way, uh, today, the fifth family has joined us who said, wow, we didn't know there was a church here. We've lived here a long time. We didn't know there was a church back there. But as soon as they, you know, Quick Trip took that hill down, all of a sudden, this church appeared. Okay? There's a fifth family today that realized that, listen, guys, it is not a coincidence that God took this little band of homeless, you know, uh, uh, gypsies serving Jesus and put them on the busiest intersection in Parkville. That is not a coincidence. God has put us here for a really important thing. But So we, we have a lot of guests here. We have a lot of first-time guests. We want all of our first-time guests, we want 50% of them to come back. And that's, and we're not going to get everybody. Okay? Some people are going to walk in and immediately go, where's the organ? Where are the hymns? I'm leaving. They're going to walk in and go, wow, that's a really ugly pastor. He's got jeans on. I'm leaving. I mean, people are not going to come back for all kinds of reasons. Okay, We get that. But we want to see 50% of them come back. And then the ones that come back the second time, we want 50% of them to come back a third time. We want to be able to capture some of those people and share the gospel with them and help them grow in their spiritual lives. And then we want to maintain a greater than 80% involvement in service and growth groups. If all we do is grow in numbers and we just have warm bodies in here that aren't growing spiritually, folks, we've again uh, faded away from the focused mission. We're not just here to get warm bodies in the building. It takes a warm body to be a disciple, but the goal is to disciple them. So if they don't know Jesus, we're going to share Jesus with them. If they haven't been baptized, we're going to offer to baptize them. If nobody's ever invested in their life and, and discipled them, we're going to offer to do that for them. Okay? So we got to get, we got to keep, as we grow numerically, we got to keep uh, at a high level of involvement in, in service and growth groups so that our people are discipled, not just filling seats. And, and so those are going to be some of the ways. There's going to be other ways that we're going to do this. I mentioned a few minutes ago that if, if every chair in every Bible-believing church in Clay and Platt counties was filled, there still wouldn't be enough. Still wouldn't be enough. That's why it's important to plant new churches. Folks, we've got to plant new churches. And, and there's a statistic that nobody understands, nobody can define, nobody can tell you why it is this way, but it just is. And that is the longer a church is in existence, the fewer people they reach for Jesus. Find a church that's 125 years old, and you'll see that it's, you know, if they can get one or two or three, then there's exceptions to that rule. But the majority of them that are 100, 125, 150 years old, they're not leading very many people to Jesus. But you can put a new church in a, new, in a community, and, and all of a sudden lost people are like, well, this is kind of neat. I never seen it. They'll, they'll go to that. And so we need to plant churches. As uh, we asked you all to pray about a month or so ago for James Fox. And, and for Carla, because they went to uh, church planter assessment with North American Mission Board. Without getting too specific, let me just tell you about how they come out of that assessment. People come out of that assessment with either a green light, a yellow light, an orange light, or a red light. The red light is, thanks but no thanks, you should think of something else. Don't be a church planter. Okay? A green light is, and, and the people who get green lights are mostly guys that have planted before. Uh, they're just like, dude, you got nothing to learn, just go do it. Uh, then the yellow light is, hey, we think you've got the goods. We think you can, make it, we think you can, can plant a church well. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things we want to develop you on, and we want you to start going to training. The orange light is, hey, we think you might have a lot of areas before you're even ready to go through training. 
Okay, James and Carly got a yellow light, which means they got a, kind of a, a green light from the, from the uh, North American Mission Board uh, where they are going to start training in February. They're going to go to training twice a month from February through June. And uh, I'm not sure if Kendall and Tracy meet with them and go with them as part of that or not. But I'm sure they will for, for part of it as part of the launch team. Uh, but, but this thing is going. Okay, this thing is moving forward. There are steps that you don't see every Sunday that's uh, it's moving forward. But we're trying our best uh, to not do this quickly, but doing it well. Okay, it's more important to do it well than to do it quickly. And so they're going to be attending that training. Of course, we'll be involved in that. Uh, James has been assigned to Fellowship of Grace as a church plant. Uh, I want to get the word right. A church plant apprentice. Yeah. There's several different words that they use, but he's an apprentice, and so he'll be serving our church as an apprentice. He'll get some funding for that from the North American Mission Board, and this will be moving forward, folks. Now, listen, I know that some of you are going, oh, I don't like this. That's, we're taking people away. Yeah, to plant another church to do the same thing somewhere else. Okay, before I die or retire, if we could plant 10 more churches like this one in this city, man, I would die a happy man. So it's not about building our kingdom. It's about building the kingdom. That's what it's about, folks. So we're going to let you know at every step what you can do. Right now, what you can do is pray for them. Pray that God will help them to get all their plans in order. Pray that God will help them uh, to be excited and encouraged as they move forward every step of the way. Uh, Pray for the support of other local churches around. And then we'll keep you advised step by step of how you can be involved in this, okay? Also... In 2017, we've showed you, we showed you this at our anniversary on October, uh, in October, uh, but we have given the architects the green light to put together the schematic drawings. If you look at this map, the blue and red areas are our current building, the sanctuary and the foyer area. First quarter of next year, we are going to start a campaign to build that yellow section. That is a brand new lobby and cafe, and what that will allow us to do is not only, it not only turns our church to actually, the, the, the front of the building will actually be facing the, the road. That will be kind of a cool thing, won't it, instead of that ugly side of the building? But what it also does, it frees up all this current foyer space for us to repurpose this as children's space. Okay? Puts all of that, all of the the the, the foyer and, and cafe type area will be on this side of the building, facing out, and then all of this will be children's area. Then right after that, we're going to build that 400 seat sanctuary, the purple one. It's kind of set off over there towards Quick Trip. Now, folks, we've done some calculating. If our church continues to grow in attendance at our current rate, in generosity at our current rate, we can do uh, uh, these two kind of back-to-back with a little space in between and, and pay cash and not have any debt. Wow. God is so good. But folks, we are behind the eight ball here. We got to get busy. We got to get busy because it's already, we're, you know, it takes time to do these things. And if you've been in the children's ministry on some days when we're packed, it gets a little crazy in there. Your kids are safe, but it gets a little crazy in there. Okay? Uh, so be looking for that. The schematic drawing should be done here in about uh, four to six weeks. And that means we'll get to see the model drawings, the model, all that that thing looks like. And we'll let you know how you can participate and be involved in that. I'm very excited about that, folks. That is going to allow us to reach more people. More seats means more availability for more lost people to come. This year in 2017, 
We're going back to the Philippines to help some church plants there, back to Manila. In September, on the 14th through the 23rd, if you'd like to go, get those dates down now, ask them off uh, at work for vacation time. And there will be an informational meeting January 14th at 10 a.m. about that. There's no commitment. Just go to the meeting if you have any interest at all and go, hey, that's it. Just listen. Find out information. By the way, if you've never been uh, out of the country, you need to go sometime. This is a perfect opportunity. Nobody has ever not gone on a mission trip at Fellowship of Grace because they didn't have the money. If you believe God is really putting it on your heart to go, you commit to going and you see if God doesn't show up because I'll bet you he will. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. We're going to do a regional mission trip in June, probably a long weekend of like Friday to Sunday or Friday to Monday. We'll let you know those dates as soon as they come uh, get rock solid. And then we'll do some local mission trips, either back to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home or somewhere else close like this. Okay? We're going to continue doing upward sports this year. Uh, trying to connect with people in our community who are far from God. We're going to continue to have booths at the 4th of July celebration here at Parkville and at Parkville Days. Uh, this year, we're going to try really hard to get our band onto the schedule to play in the park at Parkville Days. And so we would need you guys to come and be uh, supportive of that. It's one thing to play here, you know, in front of all these people who love you. It's another to go into enemy territory and, uh, and play and talk about, you know, sing and talk about Jesus. And so we need you there to help support them as they do that. Folks, we are trying every which way that we can to ethically, morally please God and grow his kingdom. But you know, the ideas themselves won't get it done. Me being excited about it doesn't get it done. The only way, and I can't tell you why, I was praying this morning, and I'm like, God, thanks for just using knuckleheads like us. Why in the world God chose to use people like us who mess up a lot to expand his kingdom, to be his bidders in this world? I don't know why, but he has, folks. He has. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally begging you, begging you. If you have not accepted Christ yet, today, take the step of faith and give your life to him. Realize that you are a sinner and that there's nothing you can do to erase that sin. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. And all you have to do is, by faith, accept that gift, that free gift that's laying right there under the tree. All you got to do is go get it and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know Jesus paid for my sins on the cross. I give my life to you, and I thank you for saving me. And your life will be transformed. Folks, if you have been coming here for several months and you just haven't pulled the trigger on becoming a member and getting involved... Do it. Do it. We need you as part of the team rowing the boat with us. And, and folks, every one of us, if we're going to see lost people come to know Jesus at a better rate than eight per year, we're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to sacrifice our time, our talent, our abilities, our effort, our prayer life, our money. We're, gonna, we're just going to have to sacrifice to see that happen. That's the way God does it. And so I'm begging you, to help us, to go with us and see what incredible things God has done. Ten years ago, as I drove to Zona Rosa, the very first day we had service, I would have said, you're out of your mind. If you would have told me ten years later, we'd be here and this is happening and all this is going on. I would have said, you're crazy. We might still have a group of, you know, 40, 50 people having Bible study and loving each other and trying to disciple one another. But God is just doing a cool thing here. 
He's doing a cool thing here. And I don't want you to be a part of it because I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. So you think about that. You pray about that. And then you just commit to it. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful. So thankful for the way that you work in our lives. God, we thank you for giving us a mission, for giving us purpose and meaning in life. God, help us. Help us. We ask that you not come and bless the plans that we make as though uh, we don't need your help. But Father, we pray instead that you would direct our plans, that we would be a part of what you're doing, not asking you to be a part of what we're doing. God, we, we love you. We love the 275,000 lost people in Clay and Platte counties. And God, even now, as, as <laughs> there are, Satan just tries to distract us at every, every second, Father, I pray that you will keep us laser-focused on the mission, laser-focused on the mission, to love you, to love others, and to make disciples. God, help us do that. We, we trust you. And we look forward to the great things you're going to do. You get credit for everything that has happened at Fellowship of Grace in the last 10 years. It's all because of you. And we promise to give you credit in the future for the great things that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.